Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. It is wet on the road, so do remember to drive safe. It was pretty hairy for me this morning. How are you, Ryan Huang? Yeah, wet morning and also a pretty wet day for markets so far. Underwater for many of them. Uh, hopefully, the rest of the day gets better. Yeah, hopefully. Let's start in the world of corporate fundraising, more specifically IPOs. Um, the markets may be starting the off on a back foot, but that really hasn't stopped a number of companies from announcing new initial public offerings. We like that acronym, IPO. We're only two trading days into 2024, but companies from the US to China to Australia are declaring plans to go public. Now, you'll notice that Singapore is conspicuously absent from that list. Last year, there were more delistings in Singapore than IPOs. And of those companies that did go public, most finished the year in the red, well below their issue prices. 2023 was a banner year for IPOs in other Asian markets like Indonesia, India as well. So what will 2024 have in store? I want to start with the U.S. where a community-based healthcare services provider, they're backed by global investment firm KKR. They've become the first U.S. company to file for an IPO this new year. This company is called Bright Spring Health Services. What do we know about it? I like that optimism, right? New year, new plans. And here you've got an IPO to kick things off. So what you have here is Bright Spring Health Services falling for an IPO on the first day. And it is a, like you mentioned, home and community-based healthcare services provider. It's backed by some of the big names, KKR and company. And this is quite a strong backing and a lot, a lot of vote for confidence in that sense as well. When you have all the banks, many of them, lining up to be involved. And we're talking about the likes of Goldman Sachs, Jeffries Financial Group, Morgan Stanley, UBS, Bank of America, Guggenheim Securities, Learing, and so on. So you've got a lot of backing and interest behind this name and perhaps it's quite an optimistic or encouraging sign of what's to come for the rest of the IPO market as well. Let's take a look at Bright Spring. They provide hospice care, long-term specialty care, other home-based healthcare services, and several big banks, UBS, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, they've all lined up to underwrite Bright Spring's IPO. I will uh, keep you posted on how this pans out. We're watching to see what price they set for this IPO. Now, for our next IPOs in focus, I want to look at Hong Kong. We're at two of China's biggest bubble tea chains are preparing to go public. I didn't realize bubble tea was still so hot. Uh, are you a bubble tea fan? I'm a huge fan of bubble tea. Are you kidding? Uh, especially me, share. So this is a store I go to almost every day for the kiwi oolong cha with oh. extra poles. It's my go-to treat. Almost I have a history day. with that name. Which name? Uh, that was my Chinese name in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is your okay past. Okay. All right, let's take a look at the planned IPOs: uh, Mishui, Bincheng, and Gu Ming. What do we know about them? All right, so they are also on track for an IPO, rushing for what is going to be expected a first-time share sale in Hong Kong. So it's a sign that. A bubble, I'm not sure if that's the right way to call it, is forming. Perhaps um, more interest at least is going into these big names as people to the likes of Misha Pingcheng and Gu Ming. I suppose the Fed is still going on. Bubble tea is still a big thing and a sign that these chains are set to grow even larger than they are already mm-hmm. by having an IPO, getting more money on the table and just give, give you an idea of how big they are. Misha has roughly... 36 
8,000 stores that are looking to raise $500 million to $1 billion. Kuming has about 9,000 stores and they are looking to raise up to $500 million, at least based on some of the reports. Mm-mm. PricewaterhouseCoopers is expecting 80 companies to go public in Hong Kong this year, raising twice as much money there as in 2023. As for bubble tea, it's, it's, it's quite interesting to see uh, Mishwe, Bincheng and Guming are not the only bubble tea makers going public. A third company called Chai Bai Dao submitted an IPO application in Hong Kong a few months ago as well. Alright, let's take a look at what is happening down under where companies are prospect, prospecting for gold, lithium and uranium. They're all going public this week, many of them. Uh, what are the prospects there in Australia? Yeah, to give you an overview and to think about Australian markets, one of the big strengths they have is around resources, mining companies, for example. And here's where you've got a pretty good flavor of what's going on. You've got some mining companies and resource companies going for IPOs. Among them, we've got a spin-out of Kalu Kalamazoo Resources. That is a lithium assets new company called Kali Metals that's going to be up for a general listing. Infinite Resources, and they are looking to capitalize on higher uranium prices. And you've also got Golden Globe Resources, and this is in the space of gold exploration. So Mm. they are set to make their debut this month after delaying their IPO last year. So a lot in the works. Yeah, indeed. Commodities are a big sector on the Australian market and demand for lithium and uranium are both on the rise as, you know, countries seek alternatives to fossil fuels. Gold is a hot commodity as well. So this could bode well for the Aussie IPOs. Let's uh, recap for you. Kali Metals list tomorrow. Infini Resources and Golden Globe Resources will go public in a fortnight. If we take a step back, and I know we're only a couple of days into 2024, four days to be precise, but do you think these initial announcements bode well for IPOs this year? It definitely is quite encouraging. So if you cast mind back to 2023, we had so many issues, so many uncertainties and concerns. Some companies were not doing well. Mm. And that was one of the many reasons why we saw IPOs being put on the shelf, being delayed, some even cancelled. So here you have a pretty optimistic start to the year where IPOs are now starting to build up in interest. You've got banks lining up. And I suppose markets are coming off the back of a pretty good year as well. So the optimism, risk appetite is there. So I suppose we are in a better position for IPOs in 2024. A bit earlier, I mentioned the IPO markets in India and Indonesia have been among the hottest in Asia. But more than 60 companies are currently in India's IPO pipeline, including three high-profile tech companies. They're Oyo, Digit Insurance and First Cry. They expect to raise 20 billion US dollars. As for Indonesia, it was the biggest market for Southeast Asian IPOs last year. Many analysts looking at a bumper crop in terms of expectations there this year. Now from IPOs let's turn now to AI and mobile phones. Interesting combi, isn't it? AI enthusiasm drove such a big part of the stock market's gains last year if you think about it, particularly for chip makers like NVIDIA. There's also been plenty of buzz about how Microsoft, Google and others are using generative AI and many observers say Apple stock is currently falling because its AI plans are a little bit opaque. So there's been uh, not a lot of talk, I have to say, about mobile phones and AI. But Samsung, 
plans to change that. In its latest ads, the Korean phone maker is telling consumers to, quote, get ready for a new era of mobile. So what might Samsung have in store for us? Well, when you talk about AI, I suppose you can stuff it into phones as well. So mm-hmm. get ready for the AI phone from Samsung. And what we have right now is Samsung's flagship event every year. It's called Unpacked. And you could be in for a few new phones like the Galaxy AI models, and this will likely be known as the Galaxy S24 mm-hmm. and also other variants. And among the possible features, you know, when you think about AI, it's been changing the way we do things, helping you to predict sometimes what you want to do before you even know you want to do it. <laughs> so that's perhaps one of the permutations of what the features could be like, uh, could be like, like yeah. voice recognition. Predictive text. Mm-hmm. So not just predicting the text that you're half writing, but even an entire sentence before you even write it. So that's something you could maybe think about as a possible scenario for your text messaging on your Samsung phone in future. Uh, things like augmented reality and also facial recognition. So maybe really amped up on steroids than what we have already uh, now that we're experiencing. Yeah, making buying even more easier. Interesting, isn't it, to think that we might be I mean, we're already doing it with the emails. You know, sometimes you're doing the one-liners that are provided by the email Gmail, right? You don't mm. even have to think about a reply. So sometimes. maybe helping you to write your entire days of uh, emails, yeah. calendar entries, that would be great. replying to texts oh. if your hands are you know, busy. Oh my goodness. I have to say Samsung's ad is pretty cool. It takes us through the evolution of smartphones and then it teases us with, quote, Galaxy AI. Analysts expect more than a billion smartphones with generative AI to be shipped by the end of 2027. Samsung and Qualcomm are expected to be the first movers in this area. Um, Do you use a lot of AI right now? Not quite. I'm still quite used to the old way of doing things, I suppose. I will need to get into the workflow of using these AI products. And many of the products that actually work cost um, a premium. You know, you've got a lot of free trials of stuff. But I think to actually get the ones I really trust and have confidence in, you would need to have your own fee that you take part in, some membership of sorts. Mm-hmm. So the premium stuff, stuff maybe... Um, I'll wait and see. So I'm going to take a back seat until I'm get more used to it. I talked to a 16-year-old recently. He puts up videos on TikTok. 250,000 views the 16-year-old mm. has. And uh, he introduced me to this whole world of what AI can do for you in terms of content creation. From you know coming up with uh, subtitles to coming up with contents for your um, videos yep. to even helping you cut it. You know, and he was telling me about all these programs, and so I went and checked it out. I've seen it before, and what impresses me is mm. the Photoshop capabilities in future. You know, the text generated stuff like you know, change the background, just write it out, and then the entire background changes for you. You don't have to go crop your picture manually. Text led, yeah. Text led. So yeah, yeah. that's the exciting future for me, in, at least on that front. Well, there's a lot to look forward there, I have to say. Time now for Director Deals. Who's buying, who's selling their own shares? And for this edition, I'm going to turn to some rather high-profile tech companies in the US, starting with Facebook's parent company, Meta. Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg has been making some moves. So has Zuckerberg been selling or buying Meta shares? Well... He has been selling, and it's worth noting, it is the first time in 
some two years since he has sold Meta shares. So he has sold nearly half a billion dollars worth of Meta shares. And this happened in the final two months of last year. And it's also when the company's stock price hit its lowest in seven years. So why are you selling at a low point? So that's the big question. Why do you need the cash right now? No answers, at least officially. So I suppose you have to wait for more reports around this. And it's worth noting as well, he still owns quite a hefty chunk of Meta, about 13% of Meta. And it gives him a net worth of $125 billion. So maybe he was just looking for some extra cash for Christmas. Yeah, maybe just cashing in on Meta's 2023 rally. Meta share price, let's take a look, more than tripled in value since dropping below US dollars a share. That happened back in October 2022. It is also worth noting that until this past November, Zuckerberg had not sold off any of his stake in Meta, the company he founded in about two years. But over the past two months, he sold half a billion US dollars worth of stock. All right, our next director deal in focus, MicroStrategy. Now, this is a software company and their business is focused on business intelligence. But really, it's known for its Bitcoin purchases, right? Because we saw as Bitcoin's purchase price rallied last year, so did MicroStrategy's share price, which more than quadrupled. So, do you want to guess what MicroStrategy's executive chairman, Michael Saylor, has been doing? Tell us. Oh, Saylor has been selling. <laughs> so, this is also pretty much in tune with what Mark Zuckerberg has been doing, mm-hmm. cashing in. And he has sold almost $216 million worth of shares in MicroStrategy. Worth noting, after it had a good run-up of over 370% in the past year. So why not cash in as well? So it's leaving, leaving him sitting pretty pretty, pretty in a good part of this year. You might remember Bitcoin has been on a bit of a roller coaster, right? So I suppose mm. he felt it's time to take money off the table. Yeah, but MicroStrategies follows uh, Bitcoin's volatile path. So while MicroStrategy shares soared in 2023, they really started 2024 off on a rough note, falling nearly 8% overnight. Let's take a look at the broader markets now, where tech stocks have logged a four-session losing streak. The Nasdaq dropped more than 1% overnight. The Dow and S&P 500 not far behind. Why do you think U.S. stocks have started off the year really in the red, Ryan? Yeah, so not exactly a complete center rally. We did get a good five days after Christmas, but it seems like we are starting to get a bit of nervousness, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Money t- being taken off the table, profit taking even, because we did get a good year in 2023. And we investors are thinking it's time to take profit. So that could be one. You've also got the Fed Minutes out overnight. And if you read to it, to some degree, it signals perhaps that rates could stay longer higher and that's perhaps one reason as well why you've got a bit of nervousness playing out in the markets so a bit of a slump worth noting as well Mm -hmm. you've got a couple of um, corporate specific factors like Apple you had a Barclays downgrade two days ago initial reaction 4% down and then you had a 0.8% decline overnight that had a dampening effect on other tech stocks as well so the tech sector didn't do well the Nasdaq Composite was down 1.2%. So you've got a lot of reasons in the mix. Uh, I suppose investors are 
selling first and asking questions later now. If we look at the latest data, the number of US job openings fell slightly in November, but the labour market there is still tight. And of course, the minutes from the December US Federal Reserve meeting indicating that Fed officials expect three rate cuts in the year ahead, powering optimism. All right, time now for our daily game of up or down. Let us head to Manila, where the Philippine Stock Exchange had to halt trading for two hours yesterday. Not a word as to what is behind the stoppage. Definitely not a great look for the exchange. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going down for mm. the Philippine Stock Exchange because if you cast your mind back, they had a similar problem in 2022 in January. Well, they cancelled trading for an entire day. It was because of technical problems. And this is with more than a third of trading participants unable to establish a connection to the core trading engine. So if it's pretty much the same thing again, it's just going to be you know, a lot of questions being asked. What's going on? Why didn't you fix it? And probably a loss in confidence in the exchange as well. So you've got a bit of a reputational hit if that is the case. On top of that, the PSEI index in Manila lost ground last year. So I'll give the Philippine Stock Exchange a down. Next up, let's look at the shipping giant Maersk, which has started diverting ships away from the Red Sea and the Suez Canal again. It's a Houthi New Year for Maersk. Yeah, so it is though an up for Maersk Mm. because with the diversion, which takes longer, more manpower, more time, and the ships will be spending more time in the sea, more resources being taken. It's a good excuse to hike prices. And That's it. You have to hike prices because it is going to cost more. And there is going to be a demand for these ships. So that's helping its share price go up as investors try to price in these higher freight costs, which are continuing to creep up. By the way, over the weekend, a missile fired by Houthi militants from Yemen struck uh, one of Maersk's ships. The Yemeni militants also attempted to board another vessel. Bad news on many fronts is also leading to those high shipping rates, which in turn is boosting Maersk's share price, which is 5% overnight. AMC Entertainment, it's the stock that helped define meme <laughs> mania. Gosh. Mania. What is it? Up or down now, AMC? Meme mania. There was... <laughs> a long time ago it feels like uh, I'm going down they've hit an all time low no. it's really a shade of their former glory right now so this is um, I suppose a sign that you no know, easy come easy go investors like what they want to believe in hmm. and they don't believe in AMC entertainment anymore during the height of the investing craze, uh, the meme investing craze, AMC Entertainment was trading above 280 US dollars a share. Let me give you some perspective. Today it trades for less than 6 US dollars. That is a record low. Definitely a down for AMC Entertainment. Imagine if you got in at 280 oh, US dear. dollars. Ouch. All right, let's look at Comfort Delgro. All right, Comfort Delgro is going to be an up for me because Main Bank has mm-hmm. raised its target price to $1.60 on higher earnings forecasts. You might remember Comfort Delgro in the news for various reasons. Among them, hiking taxi booking commissions by two percentage points with effect from the 1st of January this year. So that's going to be helpful to offset some of the overheads and other costs it might be having to deal with. And of course, the other parts of business have been doing pretty okay, like the overseas acquisitions. They've been on a bit of a shopping spree just last month. Hmm. They announced the acquisition of 
and Australian taxi network provider A2B Australia. And this is going to help shore up some of the overseas revenues for ComfortDelGro. Indeed. Maybank has raised its target price for ComfortDelGro on the back of this high earnings forecast and it expects ComfortDelGro to hit $1.60 per share, 15% above its current stock price. Thank you very much. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Stay with me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.